Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report. And welcome to My Independence Report, everybody. I need an aspirin now. (laughs) (laughs) This is is such, can be such a uh, frustrating little moment in time, but uh, that's all right. That's all right. Hey, welcome, everybody. How are you guys today? We're good. We're all, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, Walking Monday. Walking Monday? Walking Monday. Oh, is that is that kind of like uh, um, um, Dead Man Walking Monday kind of thing, or no? Just doing, just keeping going, keeping you know. There's new, those responsibilities get things done, and so just Walking Monday. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it, Regan. You're traveling again. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you now? We're in uh, Carmel, right by the ocean, right here by Pebble Beach. We're about a mile from Pebble Beach. Oh, well, that's by Monterey. Do you play golf? Uh, when I can, yeah. That's my one guilty uh, thing I love to do. Have you ever played Pebble Beach? No. I've only walked along the ocean there looking at it, salivating. <laughs> you know how much they want? $250 to play. Yeah. You know, I still can't get myself to let go of that. But, but I, you know, as I'm getting older here, I'm starting to think, you know what, I'm just going to start doing that kind of thing because – you know, I'm not getting any younger and it would be fun just to just to be out there and play that course, you know, it really it really would be. I, I had my boss play at one time and he yeah, he, he had a great time, but it was and you have to rent a, you they got a racket there. You have to stay in the hotel, too. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. So it cost him twenty two hundred dollars. Twenty two hundred. Oh, well, for the hotel and to play golf and all that. Your, Natasha's husband would love to do that if you got $2,200 lying around. He would. He would. He would. I mean, he plays every weekend. And actually, this is the first year, not because of COVID, but this is the first year that he hasn't had to play Saturday and Sunday. And the only reason why he wouldn't play is because the course was closed because of, um, of snow. But if he could, he probably would have gotten his orange ball and <laughs> went out and played. But this year he's kind of taking, you know, there again, you know, when you have an addiction, sometimes you have to replace that addiction with something else. And when he was an alcoholic, which he still is an alcoholic, but, you know, the, he, you know, he transformed that into playing golf. And so now that he's kind of losing that addiction-ish at attitude and needs golf is kind of slipping down into there's other things we can do. Yeah. Really golf is. Well, yeah, there there comes a point in time when, when golfing in 40 degree weather, when, in the, when it's muddy and stuff just isn't cool anymore. Yeah. Right. When it gets a little too cold, that's not, it's not really any fun anymore. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, we didn't have a chance to talk to you Regan beforehand because you were traveling and stuff. What do you want to talk about today? I was just going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> I was wondering what the topic would be today. You know, I mean, we always figure something to talk about that uh, that's of uh, going to be of interest. Well, um, I was thinking, you know, um, um, Natasha was talking about that she is uh, in her world 
and she felt felt it all weekend. By the way, how was Martha's show on the weekend? I didn't get a chance to listen. Oh, it was pretty good. We um, ended up um, having uh, two people that, you know, like somebody who was able to talk to us about um, keeping like bird feeders defrosted in the wintertime. And then there's somebody that um, did a really picture, a really beautiful picture book um, of Stacy's, um, who's the call taker. And so she, we, had her on and then we talked about what was going on in the planets and the stars because you know we actually today just had a new moon with a solar eclipse that Uh happened this morning and that's part of this dyslexic um you know down upgrading type of thing um you know the that it's just one of those things that we're just kind of navigating through this new awakening because i know for me um in my intuitiveness and then listening to the uh, my astrologer and, and different things like that, that in between this eclipse, well, we've been working on it for a little while before this, but the eclipse today, the solstice, and then the metaphorical moving into the new year and the Chinese new year is actually kind of the other bookend of this. That, and there's a certain reason why there's a Chinese new year at that time, because there's this, this doorway that we're coming through that it's kind of like, um, I don't want to call it a cheese grater, but it's that kind of going through what, what are we supposed to really bring through into this new year that really matters. And, and if we're not supposed to bring it through um, mentally, physically, and spiritually, uh, then, then it's like, it's supposed to come off of us before we move into next year. And, and it, it's, it's kind of, you know, taxing a lot of people. I feel like that they're not sure what next year is going to hold. Uh, they're not sure what, um, who they really should be. Uh, I did a session with someone where he was like, I don't even know how to make decisions. You know, I don't know how to navigate through moving forward in this decision-making mode. I don't even know what, what is, what, what I want to do anymore. And I know a lot of people are kind of in that, that boat right now. That's so interestingly. (laughs) Is that a word? It's who I am. (laughs) My mother of heart, who was a, um, she was a, she's a Gemini who was a librarian. Uh, and so she was a wordsmith and she goes, Natasha, that's not in the dictionary, but it fits perfectly right where we're at. <laughs> well, then, Regan, let's let's talk about this and let's incorporate um, our life between lives and and what's happening in on the other side when we down here are going through such a unique period of time are they planning that or how is that working on the other side when in your research you mean planning uh, to us to be going through crap and, and waiting for a new beginning or oh well i think we're we're in unprecedented times right now uh i don't know i keep thinking this whole week with like i i i can't believe that 77 percent of trump supporters still believe that Everything was fixed, you know, uh, and like I'll, li- I'll go to Fox News and I'll listen for 20 minutes and I'll go like if we talked before, I'll go to CNN 20 minutes and there's two different universes. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I'm on the the CNN side, I guess. But in a way, I feel guilty saying anything because almost half of the other population is on the other side. It's almost like the uh, the north and the south again. 
you know, like civil war, you know, yeah. where there's two different ideologies and, and neither of them wants to give. And so you have a big war. Exactly. I mean, I, it's almost like logic says south the window. It's something that's beyond, you know, certainly not logical. You know, when you, when you figure like with Trump, especially like they've had 50, uh, 50 judges, you know, and not one of them is voted is, is um, in the Senate. I mean, in the, uh, in the courts have been on Trump's side. Everyone's been against him, Republican, Democrat, whatever these judges are. I mean, there's, there's just no, no information there at all. It's, and people still, you know, so something's, something's going on. And maybe that's part of the confusion that everybody's going through right now, because everything is kind of thrown up in the air now. Like, who are we as a people? You know, who are we as a nation now? When, how can we, you know, I know we'll get through it because we always get through everything, but this is just, just strange, you know. It is. It, it, it it's strange times that we live in, and uh, and I don't know why so many people. And and plus the fact you can't you can't talk to somebody, they can't argue with them because or or try and correct them because they believe what they believe and they're not going to believe what you believe. My question, I guess, to both of you guys is. Is this some sort of divine um, giggling of them just of, of on the other side saying you guys have earned this, so you're going to have to go down the rabbit hole and then come back to the other side? It's certainly going to separate, um, you know, separate people. From, I don't. And again, I don't want to say, well, hey, I'm better than anybody else, you know, that way, but when I look at how the other people are looking and I go, wow, they're just going to be left behind if they can't see through this illusion, you know, but maybe I'm the one that's disillusioned. I, you know, I don't think so. You Natasha, know, what do you think? Well, I think that, that, you know, and I, I use metaphors a lot and I apologize. It's kind of like going through the sifter, you know, we're going through the sifter and I have an understanding and I and I've heard this from others who interact with the star people that we're actually being watched at how how are we going to negotiate this? Because we are such a divided one planet. You know, each continent has its own understanding, its own beliefs as humans. But if you look at a lot of other you know, if you look at where we go after our, this lifetime, it's one. It's it's one. And it's not, the, not necessarily that we're all one. We're all individuals up there. We still all have personalities. We all have, you know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out there, kiddo. I'm going to, I, when, when, when I say that we're all one, we are all the same energy. We're broken yes. up into uh, individualistic uh, pieces of that energy, but we're still all the same. We're still all one. And we are down here, too, but we just don't recognize it. We don't want yes, to and, and I think that that's why we're kind of having to go through the sifter of is, is finding out what truth really is, because people grab onto this 3D world of truth. You know, that, you know, is there, um, do we go to the store going State Street or Ferry Street? 
You know, it's like, you know, do we go to um, do we go to another state by going, I, um, you know, the highway of such and such or the highway of such and such? You know, we can argue about the 3D world of what is right, but really we're, we're starting to need to get to that idea of what what truth is, is, is love. And so if, if we can make decisions in that big word of love, and yes, I include tough love, you know, right. You know what we need to be learning, teaching and all that kind of stuff. That's under the love category. It's not all the sweet and, you know, lights and candles and everything like that. But, but it's that getting it down to where, even if we have another opinion, we still can have lovingness towards the other person. We can have a, a kindness, which is a base of love, to another person, for another person, even if we disagree and we're not there. And that's part of the shakeup of, of kind of losing who we are is that shifting up so that we can find out that really does it really truly matter? Like I have a, a someone that's been in my life for over 30 years and, and she was one of those, she, she owns this and claims this, that, you know, if somebody parked a yucky car in front of her house, it destroyed her day because they did something to her. Well, now she has cancer. And you know what? She says, you know, my kid bought, bought a certain car. I don't want it in front of my house. He parked it in front of my house. <laughs> well, but but now have, have, having said that, we also have got to uh, face the fact and recognize this as this is being broadcast. It is uh, December 14th, 2020. Yes. We just passed 300,000 dead. Oh, we did today, huh? Today. I haven't looked at the news. Wow. In, in 10 months. That's huge. What kind of. You know, I I happen to think that uh, um, Spielberg and and uh, and um, the other guy who did Star Wars, Lucas. Yes, George Lucas. What kind of um, disturbance in the Force does three three hundred thousand in just in this country, and there's over a million and some that have died worldwide. How does that affect us? How does that affect the force? How does that affect the energy that we all live with? Anybody want to? <laughs> well, I have an understanding going through the grief process myself. That, and I, I have not lost a sibling. I have not lost a, uh, a, um, a child. I have not lost a husband or, you know, a spouse. So, but yet at the same time, understanding grief, you know, and then watching other people go through grief that, uh, and I've gotten grief several times. So I understand that it keeps hitting you and it keeps hitting you that when we go through the grief process, we don't come out the same person. It actually humbles us. It actually awakens us. It actually, if I, if I look at how grief touched me, I'm not the same person I was before. And many people who I talk to say the same thing, that, that we're not the same people we were before grief hit us. 
uh, there's a humbleness that comes. There's a, um, uh, an old man. <laughs> life is unpredictableness. Oh, but but that's, the thing. that's the thing, though, is that life is life. People die. People, mm-hmm. people by the hundreds of thousands are dying. And uh, it should not make us be in grief. It should make us be angry. That, that people are dying like they're dying and people there are people on this in this country that don't even believe that that number is real. That's what drives me. That's what uh, Regan do. You, you yeah. that too. Well, did you see that uh, that one pastor in uh, Tennessee that they um, interviewed this week? And uh, he's just saying this just isn't real. You know, someone from CNN and and about the virus. Uh, I mean, like saying, will he take the vaccine? And he says, well, I'm not going to tell my prisoners what to do, but they're going to know by my sermons. I'm not taking it, you know, and it just this total in the whole congregation. there, just total disbelief, even though they looked up how many people in Tennessee and their hospital hospital. There's getting filled up and, and a lot of people are dying in the state. But some people would just. How, how do we bring that all together, Natasha, to where we can we can all agree? And then I agree to get to agree to disagree. But and, and, but how do I don't know? It's it's there are times when you just get frustrated with it because, you know, you, you would like people to work together to get together here in this time of desperation, really, and to work together to to care for each other, and to love each other. How do you how do we as a people uh, make that work, make that happen? You know, I can only speak from being a witness of many humans that many of us have to be hit across the head to be woken up. So maybe, you know, not to name this pastor, but somebody in that I'm going to just name that kind of personality. He may end up having to have a life altering experience to be woken up to the other side. I don't want, I don't wish this upon him. I, 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 I care about people. I care about their individuality, but at the same time though, even if we don't agree or we agree, try to be in the middle, you know, I don't always agree, but yet at least I try to do at least what's greater good for the greater good, you know? And and if that means me wearing a mask, if that means me, even before this whole thing happened, I chose how not to breathe on people. You know, I didn't try to go in people's faces. But also I had the lesson of being a hairdresser, a hairstylist, where I was shampooing people and I had to learn to breathe outside of my, you know, to, to turn. So I didn't put my energy, my my yeah. breath, my my thing onto other people. Well, this is part of that COVID is that learning of how do we interact with others? How are we responsible for our own energy, our own stuff? I would choose other words, but we're being legal here. You can say a naughty word every now and then if you want to. You know, but but that's that whole dance of of you know figuring out that we are part of the team. It's not about I. Even though it's good to have a healthy eye about I care about myself. In other words, like when I have a migraine, is it better for me to cook dinner for the family or is it better for me to shut down and kind of just, you know, do this for my body? Well, it's better for me to kind of shut down when I have a really bad migraine than cook dinner for the family. That's the healthy eye. But is that healthy eye affecting somebody in a bad way? 
No, it's actually helping somebody in a good way because my family's going to eat healthier because they're going to make their own food because <laughs> I wouldn't be thinking straight. You know what I mean? The, you know, so that healthy eye is important, but I'm also thinking of the greater we when I'm thinking of that healthier eye and we're not there as a community. We're not here as a people. We're not here as a world. You know, like on Instagram, um, I've got somebody that I've been interacting with that he's down in Africa and he is um, supporting about 20, 25 kids who are orphaned. Yeah. And he keeps asking me, we're on a big time difference. And so we're not straightening out what's going on. And Instagram is something that, you know, I believe people about 85 <laughs> percent. You know, and I still haven't gotten that 20%, you know, 15% where I can really fully dive into what he's talking about. But there's that intuitive me that says, yes, he's doing something. You know, I, I'm trusting that because I'm hearing that he is for the greater good. But yet, you know, we got these different situations going on in our world. Me living up in Washington State, down in Africa, you know, that's a world apart. But yet we've got homeless kids here too. You know, we got orphaned kids here too. And, you know, how can we be caring about something that's across our world at the same time what's caring around, you know, in our homes? You know, just like Regan is down in California, we're in Washington, you know, but we're communion together. We're trying to do a better good for all, even though we're in different states. Yeah, I I wondered about that sometimes. You know, people always complain, well, why are we giving money to all these other countries when we need to be helping our, our own country? We have people in poverty and everything. And there's a certain sense to that. But when you figure that we're all one and we're one world, it's I kind of look at it like I have this big house and I'm in this room and maybe there's someone that's four doors. You know, there's someone right in the next room next to me I could help. And there's also someone four doors down or on the bottom floor, way over in the corner. And does it matter if, as long as I'm helping somebody in my house, which is humanity, it shouldn't matter, you know, for helping someone here or someone where the thing is that we're helping somebody, you know, in the family and really, you know, whether they're, you know, close to us or not. So there's a bit of selfishness there, but still I see the logic in a way, you know, I mean, it's this whole thing about, you know, whether we should just have, uh, autonomy, you know, we're in our little thing, we put up a big wall around us and everybody stay out. Or if we can, you know, I, I think, I think we're heading towards more of a one world, you know, in other words, when you help someone anywhere, you're helping, you're doing your job, you know, just like people like, you know, they have all these philanthropists. And so somebody's helping the, uh, you know, giving money to the local library to get a, a whole bunch of books and someone gets mad at them and says, well, th there's, there's people on the street that they can't even feed themselves. Why aren't you giving money to them instead of to a library or some books? Well, you know, it's, it's all needs to be done. Like someone needs to take out the, the, you know, let's say we have a house. Well, someone needs to keep it painted and someone needs to keep the plumbing going and, and somebody needs to mow the lawn, you know. Well, you know, <clears throat> we are the, the interesting thing about that analogy Regan is I'll take it one step further. It is not whether if you if you're buying books for the library, the way that our society and this is the United States is a little bit more broken than some uh, than most. 
But uh, the way our society is working right now is if you're if you're buying books for the library and you're being and it's, you'll have somebody complain about what type of book you're buying. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than that, you're doing the good thing by 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 uh, buying books for the library. They'll say, no, I don't like that title or that. I don't like that message that's in that book or that's not that's not uh, religious enough for me or. And so rather than get together and say, you know, you did a nice job on buying some books. We still we're we're at a fundamental level. And my question to you, because you've you've studied this quite a bit, is on the other side, the, the angel and, and Natasha, too. You talk to Michael and you talk to angels. What in the world are they thinking? What, what are they? Are they like? Well, you guys are just going to have to deal with it and figure and it out. And I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because it's not what are they thinking. It's what are we thinking? They can't be responsible for us. We are, nor can we be responsible for them. They set up interactions for us to do what we need to do. They set up knowings, you know, for us to do. I can see synchronicities all the time set up for us. So that we can do what we can do. But that's called, you know, the, I have a friend who channels Mother Mary and she always kind of cracks up and says, you know, we give you 3% control, but you guys can't even handle that. Oh, that's a bad. You know, and and so with that, that, that until we really can can see the bigger picture and get rid of the unhealthy eye. How, they're not responsible for us doing it. They have actually things set up for us. And then we come in and go, yeah, I ain't going to do that. Well, they have to have an opinion. <laughs> I mean, we're screwing. You know how many that. times Michael sits here and goes, okay, here I am to help him again. You know, and, you know, no wonder he wears cowboy boots. You know? Okay, okay, I'll bite. <laughs> yeah, who it's wears cowboy boots? It's HIT, the walkthrough that us humans put out there, you know? And, you know, that there's so many, they, they're always here helping us. They're always supporting us. They're always working with us. But at the same time, that 3% control used to be 2.5. Now it's 3% that, you know, like I always picture myself, you know, I have my guides and angels in the driver's seat. I have other guides and angels working in the passenger seat and I'm sitting in the center <laughs> because I'm kind of communicating which way I'm willing to go. I'm willing to do. And yes, I stop myself a lot of times, you know, and they had to put on the brakes, you know, because I put on the brakes, but now that I'm willing to work more and I'm willing to be in the center console saying, yes, I'm willing to do that. Yes, I'm willing to do that. And they're going, OK, we'll go there, you know, but I'm still not driving. I'm just saying yes to that decision. Well, then I then I, then that brings me to uh, uh, my son and I had, an, had a, or not an argument, a discussion about this yesterday is that, OK, you say he's pointing at me that you have guides and angels that are around you and help you make decisions all the time. But there are other people that are making the exact opposite decision. Now, do they have guides and angels around them, uh, Regan, or are they just not listening to their guides and angels because they're too grounded in, 
in what they're doing with humanity. 3D world. Did you say 3D? Yeah, 3D. <laughs> Go ahead, Regan. Well, I, again, people as people get more spiritual, there's, in a sense, get to a higher level of understanding. <clears throat> that's when a lot of them say that's when they they really listen to their. Uh, it's, in other words, they they don't exactly even need to listen to their guides because their intuition is in a sense their guys guides talking to them or their higher self that's talking to them or something you know people all the time going saying oh god i should have listened to myself you know making the decisions um i don't know um i make most of the decisions myself but it always feels like it always feels like there's a higher part of myself that's in the decision too you know, like I'm not too worried about it. Like it seems like, and I know that I, I kind of have this um, feeling that if I make the wrong decision, uh, something's going to tell me pretty quick and then I'm going to be able to readjust. But sometimes I know when I make decisions based on my selfishness and I know I'm making maybe not, the, as, as maybe I'm making, not making the decision for love, but more for something that's being selfish. And I kind of know that. But, but I'm glad that I kind of know that because then I kind of know when I'm being selfish rather than what used to be. I'd just be being selfish and I wouldn't even be aware of it, <laughs> you know. And I think that's where the first thing comes in, in developing spiritually is you, when you start doing things and then you become mindful that you're you're putting to the negative side of the chart during the day rather than the positive, you know. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's almost like you can't lie to yourself anymore, you know. I can't pretend. So, and you realize you're still human. You're still going to be selfish sometimes, and you're still going to make the wrong decisions. And then in a way, when you do it, you realize you're accepting the karma for that too. And you realize, oh man, I'm going to, I know I'm going to have some payback or something sometime, but I'm, I'm still going to do it. And, <laughs> and I know I feel selfish or I feel bad about myself a little bit then, but I go, well, at least I knew what I was doing when I did it, you know? And then I, and then I, uh, I, you know, I realized that I'm doing more pluses every year now than I did the year before instead of minuses. So that kind of feels what I do kind of at the end of this year, although I look back like uh, Patty and I, we do on, uh, we have this thing we do around New Year's. We go somewhere for two or three days and we take notebooks and everything with us. And we write a page down of all the good stuff that we did in the last year, you know, all the places we went, all the things we did, the things that happened to us. Um, that we're grateful for. And then we make a, a list for 2021 and we do actually a one year and a five year uh, plan. Like, you know, okay, what do we have planned for next year? Where do I want to be in five years? And we spend, you know, we'll, we'll sit in bed on new year's day and, you know, we'll have some wine and stuff like that. And we'll discuss what happened during the year. We'll share with each other what we want to accomplish because, you know, she has a certain, a whole different set of uh, things she wants to do and accomplish. So we'll do what we want to accomplish. We make a page and we say what we want to accomplish for ourselves and another page, what we want to accomplish uh, as our unit, as a, you know, as a team, you know, us together. Uh, and it's kind of neat because then we can, we can kind of get to know what your partners, where they're up to, you know, what they're looking for. And she knows what I'm looking for. And we know what we want to accomplish as a, together. And we do a page on spiritual goals, you know, which would be maybe we want to meditate more or, you know, we, what we want to do, um, um, Patty's amazing. Uh, you talk about Africa there. She, this time last year, she was in Africa for about three, four weeks. 
because she's uh, sponsoring a young girl over there, putting her through college. I think I talked about that before. That was going to prevent her from that that uh, genital mutilation ritual mm-hmm. that they go through, you know. So they just had a Christmas thing on. Uh, she was eight in the morning, and I think it was tw- eight in the morning. It was like eight or nine o'clock at night in Africa. But they did a big Christmas uh, thing where they were all on Zoom and everything together. And um, uh, the girl over there just calls her mom now and says, "I love you, mom." And you know, it's it's really neat that she can actually see the person that she's helping go through school over there and how grateful that they are, you know? So, um, yeah. And, and again, I remember, uh, my, one of my ex, my ex-wife who I love dearly still, uh, he's a good woman. Um, we were going to adopt a Chinese, uh, a Chinese girl. We went, I went through because we knew about the orphanage over there where they're just throwing the girls away at one point, you know, because they could only have one child. And when, when it was a girl that they, they wanted boys, you know, so they would put them in orphanages and the, the, the babies would just lay there without any touch, without anything. And so we found one to adopt. Um, and people would come up and say, well, why don't you adopt an American kid? There's, there's, there's American kids here that need moms and dads. Well, you know, same thing we we're talking about before. I think if you help, you know, just help one person in humanity, you're helping. It's the same thing, you know? So. So do, does that mean that what we, should do then is concentrate on what we can do as individuals ourselves to help the world and let the rest of it go. Yeah. I think if you follow your intuition, you you know, follow your inner guidance in a sense, you'd be aware, you'll know that what you're doing, like for us, if we, if we were probably going in the right direction, it would have been good for us if, if everything had worked out right to adopt a a Chinese uh, girl, you know, because that's kind of how that's just kind of how everything fell in place for us, you know, and then that would have been the right thing to do. Um, so, you know, Natasha, what do you think? I think so too, that like for me, you know, I have callings to do certain things and I have no callings to do other things. Yeah. And, and I have to trust that, that, that there's going to be somebody else who has a calling to do something that I don't have a calling to do. That's called our individuality of of that inner trust and the inner voice that's that's driving us to do something. And, you know, we have to believe that that, you know, if somebody can't do it, somebody else will do it. You know, there's there's these the the wheel will keep turning and there's got to be somebody who's going to help it turn. You know, and so somebody's going to come in and, and, you know, like going back to the library thing that I have an understanding that many times we think that food over books, I work in the elementary, I work in the school system. Do you know how many kids use books to go away from what their life is about? So in other words, it's feeding a part of them that food just can't feed, you know, so you never know what that inner calling is going to support for the journey of the greater good for somebody. Cause we never know, like for me in elementary school, I plant seeds. I plant seeds of knowledge. Sometimes it's not for me to help the plant grow or that knowledge to grow, but it's for me to plant the seed. And then the next person's going to till the garden, till that knowledge yeah. so that it grows and keeps growing. And you never know what's going to happen when it's going to happen and who it's going to touch because that's what life's about is, is just 
if we just do things with care and kindness, love intentions, even if it's tough love, there's many times where kids were saying, you know what, Mrs. Venture, you got mad at me and it was the best thing you did for me. You know, because I did it with loving kindness, but I had a, a boundary, you know, and and they kind of learned something that that you can do things. And, you know, we we're just on this journey of life that it's like, how can we just leave where we where we're at better than we found it? You know, if we just walk with that intention, I leave what I where I'm at better than I found it. That means whoever I'm with, you know, it's just it's just doing that care. Well, let me let me let me explain something to the two of you. The reason that you are on this show with me is because I believe that you are bigger than that and can make meaningful change in people's lives. And that's why we do this is why we do this. And and I believe that both of you are capable of that. It's so to abdicate that and and to, it, it just I think that's beneath the three of us. I, I really do, because Regan, I think that you can do amazing things um, for humanity as you can as well, Natasha. And my role is to bring you here to to wind you up and to send you off. And then I can just sit back and watch you guys go. See, that's how it works. You know, it's interesting. This week on Wednesday was Michael Michael Newton. If he'd have been alive, still would have been eighty nine. I think. Oh wow! And um, we did a uh, <clears throat> we did a Zoom, and there was about twenty of us therapists on there from around the world that were there at a certain time in the, it was eight o'clock in the morning here where we did it. And um, Michael Newton's wife uh, was invited. And so we all got to ask her a lot. It was really, really, really nice. Ask her a lot of questions about what it was like being with Michael when he first discovered this, uh, you know, that people could, could uh, uh, visit where they go in between lives. And um, it, it, she was, um, she must she must be in their late 80s herself, but sharp as a tack and and funny. And she was saying it was quite an adventure. You know, she says, he says, you should have seen our house at one time. She said this was back before recordings and everything. And he would he would take copious notes with every client and then he would keep all those files. And they start after he started doing a few thousand, two, three, four, five thousand things. And he's got all these files piled all over their living room and stuff. She said, and she said that there were just files everywhere because he kept such good notes. And he did, he had to do so much more work than us therapists do now because we have, we can, you know, I digitally record it. And then I go to a thing called WeTransfer. Takes me about five minutes. I go and upload it to there and they send it to the person's computer so they can download it there. So it saves me hours of transcribing and, and, and it's just so much easier now than it was for him. But in the early days when he discovered this, he didn't, you know, he couldn't believe what was happening. You know, he was not particularly anti-religious or pro-religion or anything. And, and when this thing kind of happened where somebody, you know, went there accidentally in a way and he found out, oh, my God, these people are in heaven. And, and, and then he started experimenting with other people because he was so curious about everything. He just was a curious guy, a serious researcher. I mean, he just went after it. He was curious about everything and anything and just kind of let it go where it, where it went, you know. Um, but she was saying it was, it was 
really crazy there for a while because they're both looking at each other and going, are we, are we crazy here or what's going on? You know, this is just, just too weird. And when he, when he, when he found enough information, he started doing lectures on the life between lives phenomena. Uh, when he would go into the South a few times, uh, um, one of the therapists that was there was with Michael at the time was one of the early, early pioneers with Michael. And he was saying that, yeah, Michael, there was people protesting outside the hotels where he's giving talks, you know, that he was the devil and, and, uh, and everything, you know, so Michael had to go through all that. It, and he was not against or for any particular religion. He was just a researcher saying, hey, this is what we found. What am I going to do with this information? This seems to be, it might be a value here to a lot of people. So he had to go through, you know, pioneer all that and put up with all the, you know, the people's consciousness. But look where we are today. I mean, that's, you know, that still can happen, but it's it's a minimum compared to what it used to be. So we've come up. I think as a word, as a consciousness in the world, we've done quite a bit in the last 50 years, you know? So that's, that's the good news. Well, absolutely. Now, now for those of you that are not quite sure what Regan is talking about, there is a book that you must buy. I'm telling you, you just must. It's called journey of souls. And uh, Michael, Dr. Michael Newton wrote it. He's a hypnotherapist. He takes people very deep into hypnosis and then takes them literally. And Regan has been through this. Um, he, he did it himself in Spain. He wrote a book about it. Uh, three hours and 33 minutes in heaven, I do believe. Yeah, that's it. And uh, so he, he wrote the book about it. And uh, it is, I, in my mind, it is uh, absolutely um, vital that you that you pick up that book and read it. It, it is un, uh, just just wonderful. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send it to Natasha because I think you should read it too. <laughs> yeah, there's with what Natasha does. I actually, have it. <laughs> yeah, really? I might. Have you read it? No. Ah. Well, you know, um, I, I've had several people in the last couple of weeks that when I talked to them, they said um, that uh, somehow or another, when they found, you know, Journey of Souls and they read it, they didn't even know what they believed to begin with, but when they read it, there was just something that inside them that rang so true that they couldn't discount it. And then they started started them on a search, you know, like, whoa, you know, like a really, it's a wake up, uh, it's a good wake up book for a lot of people because, you know, I think when you read a case history, rather than just getting statistics and everything, and you read a book and it's about someone's own story, like I think there's 27 cases in Journey of Souls and they're all different a little bit. They're all similar, but different. So it's, it's super reading, you know, and you read that and something, something you just kind of, people said, well, I don't know what it was, but it just, it just felt like something's really real here. You know, something in, in their inward thing. And what Natasha and I are both doing though, we're, you know, we're both doing the same thing. We're just trying to wake up people. Mm -hmm. to a better self, you know, just saying, look, I don't know if you believe in this or not, but I think if you do the research on it and you see how much research we've already done, you're going to start realizing that there's something more out there. You know, there's well, something more. It's good. You know, whatever it is, is good. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times when we've been talking about that book and some of the concepts that are within that book and Natasha will be nodding her head. Yep. Then, yeah, that's right. Because and I know that Natasha and I've talked about this before, but she doesn't do a lot of reading on that because she relies upon her intuition. Correct. 
I do. And also, too, that, you know, I've only been reading for the like the last 30 years of my life. <laughs> so really, there's a lot of things that that um, I still have a hard time reading certain books, because if I can't imagine if I there's just certain books I just have a hard time slipping into. And so that one didn't really call to me just because I already kind of. I, yeah. I already had the idea of it. And so it wasn't, it was, I didn't need that kind of wake up, I guess, for that yeah. lack of a better word. And, and I, you know, when I would pick it up, I would go, yeah, I already know about it. And then, you know, put it down because there was something else that was supposed to call to me, to help me move forward. Yeah. You know, I'm that same way when I, you now someone will say, Oh, have you read this book on this? Uh, so person, this, and I, and I go, well, I, I kind of already know that, you know, or, um, you know, some of my Christian friends have wanted me to read uh, some of the the, uh, the Christian books or something like, I guess, you know, I'm, I've read tons of them. So it's like, I kind of know exactly where they're coming from. I was a Christian at one time. It's still now I'll say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Buddhist. I'm a Hindu. I'm a I'm a Muslim. I'm a, I'm a, I'm every, I'm a little bit of everything, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're a Regan is what you are. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I mentioned it before, but the that the religion that or spiritual path that woke me up that was, you know, the way God presented Himself to me um, was uh, uh, Ekankar. It's called E C K K A N K A R, and it's um, it they're they're worldwide, but they don't try to proselytize or anything. And pretty much, it's pretty simple. They they give you a spiritual some spiritual exercises to try. And you just in the privacy of your own praying and meditation and that you do these spiritual exercises and it kind of opens the wall between here and the other worlds. And you just start having, you know, soul travel experiences or experiences with the guides on the other side in your dream state or something. And they say that all they try to do is to try to get you to start having a personal relationship with the other side, you know. And so, you know, I, that's what I always liked about because they weren't after my money, <laughs> you know, or anything like that. Um, the people that that I met there were amazingly loving and kind um, and, you know, didn't ever meet someone I didn't like, actually. And they're, they're always about, you know, trying to, um, you know, find out more about, you know, it's all about personal development in that way so that you can become a coworker, you know, with the universe, with God. So <clears throat> I've always, you know, it was a simple thing. They have this, their mantra is Hugh, H-U. And um, it's uh, the claim of, of Ekankar's that Hugh is one of the, when sung like, um, it's like Hugh. Instead of Om or Om, it's just another, another word. And that vibration of that word kind of, kind of cracks you open to the other side. So I've been in a seminars or something before, and there've been like 5,000 people singing Hugh. And, oh my God, it's just, you go into another world. It's just sitting amongst this 5,000 people that are trying to, you know, uplift themselves and all singing together. The hue of everybody kind of turns into this certain sound when you combine all these 5,000 people and it's just very uplifting. So when I started doing that, that's when I had my first out of, well, when I was a kid, I had my first out-of-body experience, but then when I had those two guides in my room that were, when I was four years old, because I knew I was afraid to leave my body, and they said, it's okay, 
you're going to be okay. Just lay back down, go to sleep. And then I did. And then I never had that happen again until I was like 23. And then uh, that's when I, uh, that was like I say, my wake up call where I started searching for anything about God that I could. And then, uh, oh, two or three times a year, I'd wake up out of my body and I'd be with a teacher or a master or somebody, somebody loving and beautiful. And they'd be teaching me about how to be kind or how to be uh, compassionate or um, they would jet, they would kindly show me through uh, visual images or something, some things that I maybe could work on in my life, you know, about being too selfish or too lustful or too something, something out of balance. And I would kind of go, mm, okay, I kind of see what you're saying, but it was always <laughs> in a loving, kind way. So it just made a believer out of me. I said, well, there's people on the other side and they're there to help you, you know, but never had one negative experience, you know, like my sister, who's a devout Christian, bless her heart. Uh, she's, uh, you know, they're, she's just great right where she's at, you know, but she still, she said the other day to me, she says, well, I remember 40 something years ago when you opened the door to my bedroom and you told me that you just heard about this soul travel thing, how you can soul travel and everything. And um, she, when she was Christian there, she says, well, you got to watch out because it could be the devil or something. But she says, Regan, in 40, 50 years, you know, you say you've never had a, I've never had a, anything of a negative nature happen. Anything that would be on the negative side of it's all been to the plus side, you know, that it's all about being better in some way. And uh, that's why when I was traveling as a comedian all those years, I would just sometimes in the, I would, I would do a thing. I'd find where the religions were in the, in the phone book and I would close my eyes and I go, and whatever my finger landed on, I would, I would go to that service in the day. So I ended up at all kinds of different kinds of churches that way. And, and, and I found out that every time I went, there was a nugget of, there was a nugget of something there that I needed to learn, you know? So it made me really see that God's everywhere, you know, <laughs> he's in all the teachings and stuff. You just, you just open your heart, you'll be there and there'll be something there for you. You know, that's, that's really, really <laughs> that's my sermon. And, and that's why that's why I believe that there's so many different religions because we all speak different languages. Yeah. And if we all spoke the same language, then we would have one thing, you know, because if you look at all the religions, there are the basics that are in each one of them. If they are for the greater good, the greater love, the, you know, the kindness, the, you know, the, not about the righteousness. It's not about that. It's about the it's that bigger message about we are all caring beings how yeah. can we be better in our own selves and and when we can do that then there is that balance of of them as a union you know being more alike than not and and i agree i grew up in a, my dad says go find out what you need to know and and so, you know, I would I wouldn't go into different religions, but I would kind of tap into them and listen to different people talk and and navigate because I know that there's going to be a good side of every religion and there's going to be a negative side of to every religion. Right. We have to really find out what is the truth that sings to us. You know, what does sing to us to help us be our greater selves? Because I know that I've been in churches where I felt like I was in communion. And then there were some that went, um, this is too human for me. Yeah. <laughs> this is just too human well, for me. And I had to I had to get out of the too human and I wanted to go into more of the spiritual. And Susan says, I've had people on my door trying to get me to read the Bible. They get really confused when they find out that I'm not interested because I've had my own personal experience with God, Jesus, 
and more. And and that that is you can shut people down really fast that way. If you know, I because I went to a place one time that that it said um, it was at a it was at a carnival and it was a booth and it said um, they can tell me in five minutes if I was going to heaven or hell. Uh, that was on the, right there on the booth. And and so I walked up to him and said, hi. Uh, and they said, we can tell in five minutes whether or not you're going to heaven or hell. Do you believe? And I said, well, first of all, I have to tell you that there is no hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what the hell do you mean there is no hell? How can you say there's no hell when there is hell? And I said, prove it. But, uh, well, uh, and then, then they said, well, thank you very much. Have a nice day. Do you have five bucks you could give us? No, I'm kidding. Um, but that's, you know, that's so apparently they thought you're going to hell, even though you don't. Oh, you they do. There is one, right? I walked away and they were like, boy, that guy's toast. I, I can see blood <laughs> coming out of his ass right now. Kevin, was that somebody that just texted in that you just said? Yes. Yeah. What, what was her name? Her name is Susan. Yeah. Susan, okay. Well, Susan, too. Um, what we found in the research, you know, having had 50,000 people that have gone to heaven and back, when they ask over there, and we mentioned this on the show before, but that this is, I just love that what they, when they ask over there, when they're before these uh, beings or guides or spiritual beings and say, what's the best religion? Cause that's the one I want to follow or something. They always say, it's the one you choose for yourself. So, you know, it's like somehow you'll know whether it's just, you have your own personal belief that's not any particular organized religion and you just have this closeness with God or something um, or whether you become, you know, um, Christian or Buddhist or whatever, they would just suggest that just dig into it and, and go for the good stuff in there and let it help you to develop, to be the best person you could be. And that's how, you know, when you're in the right religion, because you walk in and you go in the service and you walk out feeling like you want to go out and love everybody and you want to do the right thing or something, you're probably in the right place for yourself. You know, if you're in a place where you're there and you're bored to death and you feel that it's just like burnt toast or anything, you're not getting anything out of it, then go look around, you know, go shop around. Even, even if it's, um, say, if it's a certain denomination of, of, of Christian, we'll try another denomination of Christian if you want to stay with the Christ belief and you'll find that there's this, there's huge differences mm -hmm. in different Christian churches. And so go to one to where, like I say, when you're there and you look at the people and how they are and, and how they fellowship together. And, and, you know, when you walk out of there and you just go, I can't wait to come back next Sunday, you know, then you're in the right place, but it doesn't mean you even have to be there the rest of your life, you know, just, just keep finding something, you know, that's all right. Sure. I've been, I've been to mega churches and uh, there was one in Burien. Uh, 20 years ago, no, 30 years ago. And they had 2,500 people at a sermon. And, yeah. uh, and they were very popular. They did tongue, they speak in tongues and they did all kinds of stuff. And, and it was praise Jesus. Nah, nah, nah. And of course they had to shut down because the pastor was having sex with all of the people. So yeah, uh, it was, <laughs> that doesn't mean that, that, you know, it doesn't mean that everything, I mean, everything he, he was just, well, there's so many, you know, there's that question too. Can you get something can somebody who's, uh, say, a, as Christian would say, a huge sinner, somebody that's a really not that good a person, can they be a vehicle for teaching you something loving and kind and all that? And I believe so. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. What I, what I wanted to get in real quick is that Journey of Souls for me was not a teaching tool. It was a validation. 
of what I yeah. believe. By the way, you, you look like you're on fire the back there. <laughs> Can you see? I, I see that. I'm looking at it. I guess you guys are seeing the same thing. <laughs> I guess you're going to hell. I that's, my... that's all I can say. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in hell right now. <laughs> see, uh, maybe this, this is the other shoe is dropped. <laughs> Little horns will come up here. Ah, you know. That does look like it. Looks like it's on. On fire right now, doesn't it? Well, you probably don't have much light in there, so it's kind of trying to search for light. Uh, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is because it's it well, first was fine. I wonder personal how hell. There is there is a definition of a personal hell that we go into. Yeah, um, but are you in your personal hell right now on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty nice down here. It's nice and warm. Yeah. It's a little warm, though. His hair's on fire now. Yeah. But, you know, like I had somebody, I had um, some people come into my door and, and on my front porch, I have angels, gargoyles. I have um, a chief who's in a sitting position with a, a, a priest pipe. I have um, angels. I, I have, you know, left to right different things. And I kind of say, you know, can you tell that I do believe in something here? And they go, yes, I do. And they kept talking. And I said, why do you keep coming back? And they say, because you didn't tell me to stop. Oh. And I went, boundaries. We can boundaries. And so it was like, you never know where lessons are going to come. You know, you never know where lessons are going to come. And so... Yeah. I, I treat them with kindness and I say, I no thank you, you know, or thank you very much. And I get the paste paper and, and I look at it real quick because there might be something in there I needed to see for the day in a word or something that can help me even do my daily posts that I do, you know, and then I recycle it because, and I send thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and send it on, you know, because there's that point of, of boundaries. There's that point of, <laughs> Taking over now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're you're just you're burning down, my boy. I did a video where I had orbs all around me, so we're we're all getting worked on lately. <laughs> it's like I have a green screen, but I don't have a green screen, you know. Exactly. Now I wanted to bring uh Susan had another comment, and I wanted to get this in because I think it's vital. I think it's just so important, and that is Susan says, I connect to my higher self using hypnosis and meditation. Yeah. And she goes within herself to determine what those are. And she doesn't, I'm speaking for her now, but I'm assuming that she doesn't take the word of somebody else that says, this is what you must believe. Yeah. This is how you must believe it. She goes inside and is quiet and gets the, and that's why for me, the book was validation uh, of what I already knew yeah, and, and stuff. So, and Susan, if I'm incorrect, you can correct me, but they, no. And, and actually I know that, that she's kind of given me a quiet permission about speaking about this because she's, she actually would, you know, come on and talk about this herself. She said, <laughs> your eyes were on fire there, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is really cool. <laughs> that um that you know she has done a lot of inner work 
to go to her inner self to find the truth that life showed her lies. You know, they said a lot of people tried to tell her that the truth was outside of herself, but she used hypnosis and meditation to go within herself to find out what the truth really, truly was. And even when we've done work, because she's one of my my friends slash clients that that um, that even when we do work together, that um, that that she even holds on to her own truth, truth, even if I say something, I'm just one of those things that triggers an idea for her so that um, an idea for her so that she can find her truth. And that's what I tell with my sessions all the time. Remember, your truth is your truth. Some, but put these ideas in your back pocket so that you can maybe see what life is trying to show you or teach you about, about life. Well, and, and that's, I think that's, that's very true. And, but, and, and, and at the same time, if you, I, I believe that we each, we're all psychic. We each have the ability to talk yes. to the other side. We can talk to our angels. We can talk to dead people on the other side. I have, and uh, I'm not special in any way, shape, or form, unlike some. I agree. No, but I agree that we're all intuitive. And I tell people this the difference between you and me is, is I've had a lot of life lessons that taught me to trust. Right. And my trust my, is the key to all of my understandings, that when I trust that even if I'm wrong, that what I'm hearing is validating in some way, same fashion. And yet at the same time, I have to kind of check in, you know, like there's been conversations even in this, you know, all through this conversation, I've been checking in. Is this a truth? Checking in with myself, checking in with my team, checking in with my higher self, checking in with past lives. You know, I'm doing a lot of checking in to see what truth is. And then that's when I say yes, because I've taken the collective of what I've known from left to right to up to down to in and out to find a truth that works for me, for my ability to live. And I can tell you that, that people would sometimes when I was going through my grief would wonder, why do you believe in that? Well, because it made me survive that key time in my life where I was pretty wrung out. And, and that, that belief system helped me to walk through it. And then as I got better, I cleaned up what my thoughts were. I cleaned up what, what was more truthful because I became clearer myself. I don't have any belief structure. I have a knowing. And I know what I know, and it's just for me. It sounds it sounds like a, a children's cartoon. I know what I know, what I know, what I know. <laughs> you know, but that's you know, and and if you have enough faith and confidence, and that what you're being told or what you've been led to, the music you listen to, the 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 songs that reach out to you, the books that you look at, the the, the people that you talk to that have got extraordinary uh, humanity to them and stuff you 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 kind of reach annoying at one point i think uh, mm -hmm. at least at least i did at least i hope yeah. i think i did uh regan how about you say well um when i'm talking to, to people or relatives or friends and they know you know that i'm kind of outside the box compared to what they do and i even when i wrote my books in there and i said well these experience i have i say sometimes people tell me well you got to go you got it like for instance the bible you got it's 
what is in here is true. And I say, well, every religion seems to have in it, there's two sides to every religion. For instance, um, if you're um, a Muslim, uh, then the, they have the, they have the people in the religion that say that they believe because of personal experience and the others have go by the book, you know, um, like the, um, uh, the whirling dervishes or the, the Sikhs are the, uh, they're the, you know, personal experience. They, they experience God more personally than the regular Muslims do. And they tolerate each other. But like in the early Christian church, it was the Gnostics, you know, the Gnostics um, uh, and the word not, no, uh, Gnostic or Gnosis means to know, you know, to personally know, not just from reading in a book. So it's kind of more they were more the believing by um, by actually, uh, you know, having that 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 personal experience with God rather than just more through faith. So I would just I would tell my my relatives and stuff says, well, I, I'll. For me, I'll take, you know, personal experience. I, I say, well, you can grow up and people talk to you about Disneyland and you kind of know it's there because you've heard people be there and all that. Or what if you go yourself? Well, isn't it a little bit better to go there and experience it? And then, you know, it's real and, you know, everything rather than just to hear about it or to get you know all this information. So but then they say, well, you can be fooled by having personal experience, you know, <laughs> it's the, the devil. Right. Yeah. And then you just laugh inside because, you know, when you experience the, uh, the, the love, like I told you last week of that, the client that I had that uh, went inside this green cloud on the other side and his just started convulsing. I listened to his tape again this week because I was typing up my, my notes to get my certification. So I had to listen to all the recordings again. And uh, man, that was, uh, I wish I'd had a video of that because that would be a good one to put on if he would agree to put on the website just as, because when you look at what's going on with like, you know, if it was the devil, it'd be like an exorcism when you see people doing this. Well, this was the opposite of that. This was, this was God or the, 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 the love of God or something pouring through his physical body. And he, he was contorting and, oh, you know, I mean, and it, and he was just mm -hmm. it still, it, you know, he'll say, uh, that was I can't tell you in words. It was just amazing. He said it was just the love of God. He felt just being going through his whole body, you know. So, you know, somebody could say, "Oh, that's just the devil or something," and you go, "No, <laughs> it's not that," you know. No, um, I've actually taken a dark entity off of several kids, several people. You know the difference. <laughs> yeah. You know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we we come all the way back to the beginning because when we were get, got we're here at the beginning, we were talking about uh, uh, how strange our world is and how how uh, dysfunctional it is and so forth. Well, as, as it turns out, and Regan, I know that you know this history: the the Gnostics were deemed heretics in the third century, and many of them were killed. Yeah. So not much has changed in the last 1700 years yeah this was an example i heard from um well you know there's a good book for anybody listening out there the gnostic gospels um they're written by elaine pagels um elaine pagels was the um in charge of um oh gosh it's one of the major universities like I, oh my gosh it's one of the big three universities anyway she was in charge of um 
or one of the researchers on that into uh, religions and things. And she actually helped translate some of what they call the Nag Hammadi find. They were books that were found a few years after the Dead Sea Scrolls. And in there, this was not too far from where an ancient monastery was and they dug them up and there's all kinds of books in there that what they figured was that someone was trying to destroy them all and they hid them, you know, because, and there was writings from Mary Magdalene in there. There was mm -hmm. the gospel of Thomas, which they had found fragments of gospel of Thomas somewhere else. So this was proof that, that this, there's, you know, this was kind of back. And then in, in the gospel of Thomas, in the part that they uh, deciphered, Christ was talking about, and he's saying, I'm the Christ to teach you to be the Christ and that everything that I can do, you can do, you know, in other words, he, in other words, it's a whole different picture on there. Just saying, <laughs> I'm just coming down here because I've kind of already been there and know that. And I want you to get there. So let me tell you how, you know, and, um, and, uh, and Mary Magdalene, the writings there, she was kicking butt. She was telling the, the, uh, the disciples that, Hey, Jesus is dead. Now, what are you doing sitting around? Go out and get out and get, get something done, go out and preach the word, you know? And um, <clears throat> it was, it, it was, uh, gives you a different, a different viewpoint, you know? So, and also uh, Elaine Pagels, I think it's in the Gnostic gospel too. She has the transcripts from both sides of the fence when they were deciding what books of the Bible were going to be in the Bible and, and there's letters going back. One of them was Valent. One was like, <coughs> with an O, um, or, you know, I'll call him, oh gosh, Origin or something. And the other guy was, started with the V. I forget his name. But anyway, letters back and forth. And they were both, you know, one was more like, like metaphysical and one was the other, you know. And they were arguing back and forth about everything. And so you can see all the politics involved. So at the end of the books, Elaine says, look, I'm not here to judge anything. I'm just a researcher. And this is what we found. She said, but one thing you can say for sure is that the victor writes the history. You know, in other words, you know, so you, you can't help but come away from that. And, you know, especially when it's done by a party who's just trying to find out what's going on. And Elaine Pagels went on to write a few other books, too. Uh, she's um, and some people want to crucify her, you know, from, from what she did. But she said, look, we're just looking for, we're just looking for, you know, what we've dug up and what we found. So this, this changes the paradigm, you know, so. Well, it, it would, if people would actually believe what they read, uh, because the, the, if you talk to a, 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 a Christian person who is, they won't believe that, the gospel of Jude or, or, or Thomas or that Mary Magdalene was had a relationship with Christ or that he had children or that yes. yeah, there's a lot of folks that had, uh, but, but now we're getting way, way off in the, into the, and, and now it's by 15 and we should honor the people who want to just watch an hour show. <laughs> yeah. so we can tell us how people can get a hold of you. Okay. Um, All right. Um, I have a website. It's called visittheafterlife.com. And in a 30 second uh, short thing here, it's just if you, we found out that it's now possible in a deep state of uh, relaxation or trance or hypnosis, uh, we have a God switch in us. And if a facilitator keeps you at that point, you're able to kind of uh, do what Natasha does is you can start, uh, you can actually go to a past life easily. You can see yourself pass away, see your body. You can see who's there, which is a guide or an angel, and we can start communicating with them. They can take you to heaven and back. 
and you can spend a couple hours there just, you know, checking it out, asking questions, uh, you know, seeing, you know, kind of getting an idea why you were born, what you, you know, why, you know, what's your purpose, you know, um, and it's, it's life changing for a lot of people. So if you want to have that experience, um, I handle all of California, but we have about 250 of us around the world. And uh, if you go to the newtoninstitute.org, uh, there's uh, uh, people all over and someone can help you. Or if, you, if it's going to be in California, then you can call me, okay? Uh, or any questions. I have free books still on my website called Reincarnation is Real. It's free. And um, if you just get a hold of me there, you know, with the uh, contact page in the back, I'll send you a free copy of that. Natasha? Well, I'm here to support people through their shifts, their changes. If they want to reach out and hear someone from their past loved ones, that I that's my calling that's my that's my drive to be who I am I know I told my husband you know it'd be really easy for me just to cook dinner go to school do work be a mom be a wife but no I am really called to be who I am and that is to be a medium and a personal uh, awareness coach you can reach me at www.angelicclarifications.com or you can email me at Natasha at angelicclarifications.com. And you can find both these fine folks on my independence report. They, we've got lots and lots of content for you to look at there and you can find their information there as well. Thank you. You two for being on the show today. It was been You're welcome. And, and that is one thing that we're here is to give a perspective. You know, uh, we have truths, but if we can just help with just, enlightening enlightening a perspective to maybe just shift even if it's just a, a half an inch in your reality to support you in walking through um your day-to-day so that you, it's just a little easier that's what we're here for i thought you said we were done we were done <laughs> you guys have a wonderful day everybody and well you have a nice vacation okay yeah we got a couple more days listening to this episode all the way to the end hey pretty cool hey don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts and remember take care of each other because each other is all we've got see you next time on my independence report